This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Made for This. Fall is in the air, and what better way to welcome this season than with new shoes like Rothy's best-selling flats, loafers, and sneakers. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. So some of you know Beth Bernard. If you don't know Beth Bernard, maybe you recognize this name, Bethany Dillon. She began as an artist. How long ago, Beth? Oh, my goodness. Uh, 18 years ago. 18 years ago. I I had all your CDs. Um, Loved (laughs) your music. And it's so exciting because this album is the first time in a while that you've written and released an entire album. And I just want to say I sat in a room with a lot of friends and, and people from our church and life and and we just closed our eyes and we listened to the album together. And I mean, they, they had Kleenex out <laughs> wisely, <laughs> wisely. And I mean, I think everyone I looked at was weeping, including myself. And so I asked Beth to come on specifically around that time because I just think what she has to say, what she's lived through, what she has to say, her music is so timely as so many people I know, loved ones that that I care about are going through just hell and back, right? And and all of us to some degree are in a season of lament. Just things have have not been been what we expected a year and a half, two years ago. So let's just begin, Beth, with with really your heart going into this project. And I know there's a big story leading up to that, but let's just start with kind of the visceral what you were feeling as you began writing this incredible album and and specifically to do with lament and why you believe this matters so much well yeah uh, i'll save the story for later but i I was going through things that i I was grieving i love jesus and was just in a really rock bottom place in like feeling liked by him or like any of the punches got blocked for me just one of those seasons Um, even though mentally knowing like promises or knowing my feelings aren't reliable, all of that. And I think that song started to happen because when you're, when you're depressed, when you're grieving, when you're going through trauma, it's really hard to sit down and have a quiet time in the morning. I mean, it is anyway, but like, when you're like, uh, I feel like God is, you know, continents away from me. And all this stuff just hit and I can hardly see straight. And so worship music was hard. I mean, I remember listening in the car with the kids and just to be completely honest, like it would make me mad to hear songs of victory. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't feel that. And so something's either wrong with me or wrong with God or what I believe or this song. So just a lot of inner conflict going on all the while being kept by God in his grace and um, him leading me through that season. So songs, what I was feeling was, I do want to talk to you, God. I do want you to carry me. I know you are. I want to feel carried and I want you to, I want to hear you, but I can't go through the doorway of like, I enter his courts with praise right now. 
So I guess I'm just going to say what I feel. I'm mad. Mm. And I don't know how to pray in this season. And what if I don't do anything for you for a long time? And, and so that came out in song form largely during this season. And so those songs on the new record are from those moments. Well, the reason I wanted you to start there is I think we all can relate. We may not be all able to relate to the story that brought you to that place, but I know that we all can relate to that feeling of not wanting to pray, of listening to worship music and almost resenting it. And you've been so honest about that. And yet you didn't think you were going to leave God, right? You were kind of, (laughs) I mean, for lack of a better word, stuck with him. Like you weren't going anywhere. You weren't breaking down your faith or were you? Yeah. I mean, I know deconstruction is such a big buzzword right now. There is that mysterious, mighty promise that Jesus makes multiple times in the gospels of everyone whom the father has given me, I will not lose and I will not cast out. And he promises the Holy spirit to us who he has, those of us who he has saved. So the spirit's deposited in me as a guarantee. Mm. like it, keeping up both ends of the deal, not just his, but mine as well. And I didn't just start hearing that and reading that and believing that when I was going through a hard time. I mean, I've read the Bible and have wrestled with those things. And those things are by his spirit, a lot of them seared into my memory. And so I didn't feel like, well, forget this, or is God real? Or And gosh, not to even minimize those places and those, the things that some people do walk through. But for me, it was, no, I have read those things and I have seen the evidence of God carrying me and changing me and speaking to me. And I know that father, you're real and that your spirit is in me. And I know that like, you're not going to loosen your grip on me because I am where I am. However, maybe some things that I've been functioning within do need to be deconstructed. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, like kind of claiming back that term, like, I think there was a deconstruction that happened, but it didn't just get left as a construction site. It's like the, the Holy spirit and who he has been for me walking through some of the darkest months of my life it has rebuilt some things that weren't there before mm. there, there are structures in place and praise God that I woke up a Christian every morning. It's not because I got up and I read my Bible every morning that I was a Christian. It was because I woke up and God kept my organs working and his spirit was still in me because it doesn't just go in and out. It's like, man, I am his. And so it is purely just his grace that I would lean into that and that that's just there even when I'm resenting it and resisting it. Two of the lines you're circling around right now talking are two of my favorite lines and they were actually the first lines that you sang that night and I just it took my breath away so you had me crying after two lines. Ready for this? (laughs) Everybody I'd love to play it so just listen to this and take this in. Keep me your God I know I can keep myself One minute angry with you, the next begging for your help. My comfort, Jeremiah, my 
shepherd David They always make me feel at home When you think of those lines, do you remember writing them? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. yeah, talk about that. Yeah. I wrote this song mostly when, when Shane and I got away last summer to Colorado. You know, I was fresh off of getting a diagnosis or diagnoses of severe OCD and severe depression and had begun the, the journey of treatment and therapy and all the implications of that. A lot of things accumulated to get to the point of me like getting a diagnosis because my dad passed away May of 2020. He had cancer and it had been a long battle and it was gruesome and painful and got to be there and be with my family, but it's kind of a, a good and a bad thing. And then, gosh, there just were multiple things going on in our community um, some people we were walking with and then some things with my kids and conflict and fallouts with people and, and then COVID. Which, <laughs> oh, right. Honestly, that. what's, what's crazy is I didn't really know much about it until we got out of like, you know, my dad passing away and got home and I'm like, Oh, right. So I have always been a person who is able to function, like to, to feel deeply and have my fall apart moments. But I, what felt really mean, like, why is all of this happening at the same time? I can see God's sovereign hand, like the way that he is writing my story. He put all those things at once so that I w wouldn't be able to function mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> and find out, oh, I've had OCD probably my whole life. And yes, I am depressed. And that song, the lines keep me oh God, I know I can't keep myself is kind of piggybacking on what we were just talking about where it's like, okay, woke up a Christian this morning. You captured my heart as a little girl. And I, I see the evidence of you in my life apart from my effort or exerting or maintaining something. And really, really, really in this place that I am in right now, I'm just asking, keep me preserve me. Oh God. Like David says in Psalm 16, preserve me. It's just like, it's always all dependent on you, but you're giving me the eyes to see through my frailty right now. It really all depends on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Well, and I think those lines captured me because I have always believed that truth that it is God who keeps us. And I've walked through a season of doubt that was pretty intense where I, you know, and long, and I described it as it felt like I was being held by a crane. It felt like I was free falling. But mm -hmm. later I look back and go, no, he he had me. He, But it did feel at the time like he didn't. And I think that is a promise that all of us need to hear because it does seem like sometimes we could talk ourselves out of it, right? We could just... We could just talk ourselves out of God and talk ourselves out of faith. And yet faith is a gift and it's given by God. And and so I just th thought that was so helpful to me. And, and we all want that to be true, that he will keep us even when we can't keep ourselves. Because I think that feeling that, <laughs> yeah, that, that desolate feeling of just not being able to keep ourselves has crossed all of our minds in these crazy year and a half, two years. I want to listen to a couple more songs. The next one I want to listen to is How It All Matters because it's just so raw. Talk about a song of lament. This is it. 
Does it all fall through the cracks? Will it all get lost? I think we're a lot of, I mean, at least you made me feel like we're a lot alike, Beth, in this in these songs because these are the questions. I mean, the album is called All My Questions. These are the questions I have in the midst of suffering. And I, and I hear them from other people all the time too. So I guess we're all just human like this. I can do a hard thing if I'm certain that it matters. You know, I'm like, if it really is gonna shape eternity, I'll put my head down and I'll do that hard thing. But there is that fear that it's just going to fall like an envelope beside your desk, just down into a deep, dark crack and not matter at all. Was that one of your big questions through that season that was so hard? Yeah, I I was walking on the country road that I grew up on singing, praying those words, the verses of that song while my dad was on hospice. It does, man. It does feel like you're saying like the, the crane, like the free fall feeling. It does feel like how is time continuing in other places in the earth right now? Because this feels like a lot of white noise, a lot of blur. And like you're talking about, it's like, give me something crispy. Give me some handholds. Give me some clarity here. And gosh, in those places, I think that's kind of the like, that is the substance of those places is you don't have that. Mm. Very, very disorienting as a believer. And I think too, you know, when it comes to death, uh, we like, as people who have put our, all of our chips in on Jesus, like there is hope, but my dad died. Mm. My dad suffered a lot. He passed away. His body died. And my mom's a widow and she has daily different measurements and portions of pain and grief. She doesn't wake up every morning with like a crisp, clear, this is the purpose. This is the handhold today. And so I think there are seasons of suffering. And then there's also just, this is the final, however many chapters of my mom's life that are now just laden with that. There is just that question of like, man, it's probably not going to get written in the sky, but like, Lord, why, why did you say yes to that? Why didn't you say no? Why are you saying yes to that for mom today? So yeah, I I think honestly, Jenny, it's like that when you're in that place, it's not so much someone answering it and being like, it does matter in the end. It's just like, no, that's, that's a real place to be. And when you're in that place, you don't, 
put on the happy actor mask and then go, but like, no, you're there. So we really are holding on to something we don't see and holding on to some being held onto by someone that we don't see right now. And that is the reality of it. When we remove the tension, it suddenly becomes a little artificial and harder for other people to feel like there's hope when they're there. You know, I think the fear is if we really feel it all and we don't slap a bow on it and we don't fix it, that we'll just spiral down into desolation and lose hope. And I would just say to all of you that worry about that and just even are listening to this podcast and going, I've never sung songs of lament. I've never lived through seasons of lament. I would say you are missing part of what it means to be human and part of what God wants for you. Because we do, I'm someone, I can speak to this with the great authority. I am someone who loves to gloss over pain. I'm someone who thinks, what's the point in thinking about it? I've had to do so much work here because there is a point. And part of it is that connection with God. And I am curious, Beth, if you felt like on the other side of this, a deeper, richer experience with with even joy and with faith. Absolutely. I could ball right now, honestly, because that is true. And it feel <laughs> it is when you're so depressed and so sad and you're just waiting for the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a like in in black and white guarantee like okay, but seasons of joy are going to come back or like there's going to be something redeemed out of this. Like, you know, you're just getting through the day. But yes, I mean, gosh, is there anything that's more transformative than suffering? Nobody wants it. And none of us are spared from it. When you feel how limited you are in those places. And then again, just, I keep coming back to it because it's the thing. He's the thing. It's like when you're like, okay, God was not afraid. He was not afraid of me being in that place. Actually, God led me into that place and was with me and in the shadowy places prepared things to preserve me. I see more of his heart now. Like it doesn't all get answered. And yet, yeah, there's some things that have been redeemed through that, even through a diagnosis of a mental health diagnosis that I was so embarrassed of. I didn't tell my own kids Mm. for a while. (laughs) And now I could tell you 10 different stories of like, okay, yeah, that thing I didn't want and the thing that was super, super hard. There has been joy on the other side of that that I didn't didn't know was going to be there. Mm. And God's just been really, really faithful to me. Well, the fall air is starting to come and you guys, we are officially in sweater jean weather and We love Rothy's shoes because they are so comfortable from the minute you put them on and they're machine washable. They have tons of shapes, styles, and colors so you can find the right pair for you. And Rothy's shoes aren't just for us ladies anymore. That's right, Rothy's has men's shoes now and they are really awesome. If your husband or brother or friend travels a lot, Forbes calls Rothy's men's shoes a travel must-have because they're easy to get on and off and they look professional in the process. Rothy's best-selling lady shoe is called The Point in the color black, has over 5,000 near-perfect reviews. Well, you've heard me talk about my burnt orange Rothy's sneakers, but 
I'm not kidding. I'm wearing them today. They are so cute. They are so comfortable. They don't leave blisters. They breathe easy. And I love that I can throw them in the washing machine. To help you welcome the fall season in style, Rothy's is doing something special. That's right. They gave us the chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited time. Right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash made for this. Head to rothys.com slash made for this to find your new favorites today. And now back to Jenny. It feels like a lot of these songs, you began with one question. It feels like they have almost a theme, each one of them. And the Who Else song is so good. We're going to play some of that. And I want you to talk afterwards about the fact that you didn't know who else to blame. Who else am I supposed to be angry at? Who else? Who else am I? I mean, I just think that, oh, I was so taken back by that one because it's so, uh, I, okay, I'm just showing all my cards here. See, you're like therapy. All this album, it's like therapy, guys. You're going to need to process it with someone. <laughs> at the end of that one, I was I was thinking about it. And, and actually, that's the one I thought about the most after I left was that question. I think about it actually all the time which is you could have spared us from this. He could have spared. We believe in a sovereign God. We believe in a powerful God. He is over evil. He he allows it. He doesn't necessarily cause. In fact, we know he hates it. He's very clear that the goal of his heart is to destroy evil forever and death and tears, right? So so we see a world coming where that will be handled. And it's, we know it's his mercy. I mean, I can do the whole theological gymnastics here. I've done it. I'm a seminary grad. Like I can do this. But at the end of the day, my theology lands in a place where he is in control over it, right? We, he is powerful enough. And so talk about that season of walking through that knowledge of, of holding that tension of knowing God, God could have stopped it or could have had it go easier, right? That's what I think of with your story, Beth, is your dad could have just stopped breathing instead of walking through pain and suffering for however long that was, which felt like eternity to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like that. I I grew up in the church and that's a positive and sometimes a bit of a handicap for me, but the unspoken belief of that's sin to be angry at God. 
Right. And yeah, I, I, I'll try to like, I agree. There's so many gymnastics you can do, but I guess just my perspective through this season was like, okay, but every relationship in my life that means something and that gets close inner circle, I'm not trying hard. I'm being me. You're being you. There's conflict. There's anger. You know what? Anger itself is not sin. God created all of my emotions because I, I reflect his, we are the Imago day. Ephesians tells me be angry and do not sin. I see God gets angry in the Bible. So, okay. 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 Like slam on the brakes kind of a thing where I think even just in like phase one of the anger you feel when you're losing someone, you're seeing other people suffer or, or whatever. It's like, Oh, I'm not allowed to feel that. Okay. That's actually not biblical. And that's not helpful in any other realm of my life where I want to go deeper in relationship with someone. Prime example would be Shane, my husband, like even, even, you know, following the analogy, it's like, I've had to learn how to be angry at him and it be productive Mm, and same with him. Right. Like, and we're two sinful human beings, but God gave us that picture of man, like I'm offended my feelings are hurt or I'm angry over this thing. And my goal is not to create more distance. It's to take that as fuel and go, I want to, I want to go in closer and deeper. So I'm going to tell you the truth, fight for intimacy and fight for whatever this on the other side of this anger. Mm. So I think I was in places of anger that I really didn't have much of a choice. And I think even just like the way trauma affects our brain and all of that. I mean, I had moments of like insane anger that felt like it felt like my body was just going to fall apart. Like I couldn't see straight. I couldn't. So it's not really like, should I be angry about this? You're there. And who else am I going to go vent that to? There's, it's not, the oncologist's fault. It's not the surgeon's fault. It's not, I'm not going to go pick a fight with a sibling. I'm not going to take this out on Shane. Like none of us are able to carry those things. Mm. God can carry those things. Mm. And I can either go on being a believer and walking with him and go on in a very fake, yeah, shallow way, yeah. or I can go, I want to move in deeper. Mm. I'm the sinful one in this equation, but I want to move in deeper and lean into this conflict that I feel of like, why did you say yes? Why Mm. did you say yes to this? And you know what? The earth didn't swallow me up because God created anger and he created my heart and he wrote that timeline and that story that was painful. I don't, I can't think of a more productive thing than to invite God into that moment. Mm. I, I think testing our faith like this, like there's a, there's a part of it that's scary. Like you're going to the bottom of a pit and what if there's no bottom? <laughs> what if you're right. just falling yeah. and a falling? And I know, I imagine add to that a season where you were wrestling with mental illness. And I, I imagine there were days where it was like, is there a bottom here? Like, are we going to, or is it just going to free fall until eternity? Like how, how are we going to stop? What would you say to the person that relates to that? That's listening to this and thinking, I don't know if there's a bottom. I don't know if it will ever end. (laughs) This is like one of the many nuggets I, I have gotten from therapy, but it's just, man, focusing on function over feeling. 
I think in those seasons, your, your feels are huge again, which aren't wrong, but they, especially in those places, aren't the gauge of, is God doing something? Are you going to be okay? Is everybody okay? It truly is like, okay, how do I live within my values, my beliefs today? How do I live within, okay, I'm going to get up and eat. I'm going to take care of my kids in the ways that I need to. And I'm going to, even if it's a God help, God, I'm angry. Amen. (laughs) I'm going to engage with God today. And then I trust he's carrying me through. It's like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, yeah, per situation, we could probably, any of us sit down with somebody and have a cup of coffee and go, what about this or that? But I think the overarching thing is the way we feel when God has said yes to whatever and what we feel when we're sitting in those places is not the best determiner of like, where's this gonna, where's the bottom? Mm. And I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to make a record. Oh, I'm going to, you know, like, I'm like, I want all my kids out of this house and I just want to sleep. Yeah. And I want it to be tomorrow and the next tomorrow. So I didn't know, but that was a good nugget for me. I was like, okay, I'm going to focus not on what I feel. I'm going to focus on functioning and living within my values and my beliefs today. And I'm going to, I'm going to, okay. I'm not going to expect the hundred percent battery Beth. I'm going to expect out of myself the 30% battery Beth when I wake up and really have to apply the gospel to myself today. That 100% is not what approves me before him. You know, it's hard. That's why he has to keep us. Because it's hard. You rebuild the walls, the crumbling walls. You protect my heart when it's broken. talking about being healthy. We're talking about what it looks like to live as a healthy human. And specifically, I wanted this episode in here because lament is a part of that. If we deny the darkness, if we deny the sadness, if we don't walk through it, those aren't the healthy people, (laughs) I hate to tell you. And I mean, I say that with a lot of humility because that's my struggle. I don't want to walk through those things, but I've chosen it again and again, and God has used those things in those times of lament, of sadness, of depression. He's used those moments to deepen my faith, to make me trust Him more, to experience a fuller life and joy. So do not be afraid of this. And if you need to cry, if you're like, I need to feel something, guys, just go right now. Download all my questions from Beth Bernard. I'm telling you, just put it on. It is therapy in a record. I don't know how you do that, but it happens. So anyway, thank you guys. And I'm praying for you this week because I know this is so tender and so many of you are walking through such darkness. So thank you for being part of this community. You renew my strength, my long lost strength, and
Soon.